0: life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs learn more at uh1.com
1: so the nba is going to be sheltered in orlando the nhl will be based in a couple of cities for their Stanley Cup playoffs. Baseball travel, well, they're going to have some restrictions and rules to go along with that as well. That got us to thinking about some of our favorite and most memorable road trips in covering sports. We're going to rank all of ours and tell some of our best stories with Tom Jones, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with Producer Steve Versnick, hope everybody is having a happy and very safe 4th of July weekend. All right, Tom Jones joins us now, and uh, Tommy, this is the day that baseball reports to their various training camps at the end of July. We'll have hopefully some games to play, play but he, yeah, exactly. And when, when these guys, now there's there's a you know hundred and something pages of rules of do's and mostly don'ts, as I've said, that they, they, they can't um, fathom both on and off the field, but... Um, you know, one of the real joys and you and I have traveled halfway around the world together, probably, uh, with the number of miles we, we put on, uh, covering the bucks and whatnot, but, uh, you know, what, one of the real sort of perks of, of, of playing professional sports or, uh, or covering them is the, the parts of the country you get to see now, you know, again, baseball players have a lot of night games and they sleep in and they go to the ballpark, you know, it's, it's kind of a you know, kind of a routine they have. They don't have a ton of time, but they're in a city, they're in a city longer than football teams for sure. Um, sometimes four four days or so. Um but I, I think it's I think it's gonna be hard for these guys because you know, in every town that they're used to going to, they know where the best restaurant is or they're gonna try to find the best restaurant. Um various things happen on the road and it's the old adage, right, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? So we've seen <laughs> things that we're not gonna talk about but we've also benefited from covering these teams, right? And and going on the road together, and you've done it both with the National Hockey League and as a columnist for all sports, right? For baseball, yeah. for football, and I covered all baseball for a couple years too. Yeah, that's right with the Rays. So you've kind of done it all. So so first of all, like for you, like what is the harder travel? Like who has it the best of of these of these major uh, sports teams as far as travel goes? Because the NFL now is talking about. In some instances this this year, perhaps flying day of game, which is something they never do. They have a rule where you got to be in the city about twenty four hours before you play, but they might actually allow them because of preventing stays in hotels and whatnot to travel day of game. So, who do you think is going to have it the best as far as as far as travel goes with these rules?
2: Well, it's you know it's funny like when we cover sports, Rick. Um, there there was two different. When I covered mostly, I've covered baseball and hockey. Right and with baseball you'll go say they have a a three game uh trip to Toronto Monday, right. Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. so you fly in on a Sunday and you and you can unpack your suitcase and actually hang your clothes up and yeah you're there for three or four days, but you're working every single night, mm-hmm. whereas in hockey, let's say you have a Monday game in Toronto, you fly in on Sunday, but you're off Sunday night, and you can go out to dinner, and that's why I've always enjoyed covering hockey and so having a little bit of time free time you that's similar to what you and i used to do covering football where sure they would play in new orleans on a sunday we'd fly up on saturday right and be able to go out on saturday night and have a nice have a nice dinner and check out bourbon street or do whatever you know so mm-hmm. i think for i think if i think most people would if you're an athlete i would think that being in a city for a couple of days is probably preferable to like flying up day a game and flying right home after a game. Or right. It's not as exhausting.
1: The, the turnaround is not as quick. Even though these guys, you know, and and although, I mean, I think football is difficult because you've got large men, right, that are not made yes. for airplanes to begin with, and they try to put the the 300-pound linemen in, the, in first class with the bigger seats and everything, but those planes are packed, and it's – in the charter business, the airlines are not really all that keen on, on charter business anymore. That's why the Patriots have a couple of airplanes. Um, but their travel is, it, it's it, it can be a grind. I mean, you know, they're there the day before, and then they play the game, and they immediately, you know, I mean, they, they have a bus that's ready for them. They don't have to go through security and whatnot, and they get on the plane. And they're, and depending on how far the city is, I mean, <clears throat> I've flown with them a couple times, Tom, and, and you've done this with the lighting, but, like, you know, games over uh, one o'clock game and you may be you may be at one buck place by eight o'clock. Right. Seven forty five that night. I can tell you awesome.
2: though, Rick, I, I I traveled with the Lightning for several years. I flew on their charters to and from mm-hmm. games. Right. And we and the times paid, you know, back right. then the tribune paid as well. Mm-hmm. Um so we weren't riding for free, but we were on there but I'm telling you, like the travel that those guys have, are is completely different than the travel of a normal person. This was even, even pre nine eleven, but um, right. especially post nine eleven, where you have to go through security and all that stuff. Whereas in the NF or in the NHL, um, I mean, they said they would actually come on as you're getting off the bus, and they would one you just, you know, just to comply with whatever uh, regulations. TSA, were. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're again, they're all first class seats. That you're eating well. It's the only mm-hmm. you guys on the plane. It, it was the travel was not that hard. And you get to the hotel and your keys waiting for you and all that stuff. I can tell you, Rick, when I, I don't know how you felt about, how did you feel about travel when you covered teams? Cause I can tell you the night before the game, when it was packing and all that, if you'd have told me the night before game, you don't have to go on this road trip. I would have been so thankful i I hated everything from getting up in the morning until that moment I put the key in that's
1: in the hotel exactly room. that's exactly the same with me i I didn't enjoy the air after a while i mean i didn't enjoy the airplanes or and certainly it got harder after nine one one you know having to get there much earlier and go through security and things like that um planes you know back in the day um and I'm not you know going back if <laughs> we had we had Chris Trillo on one night, and Chris is much younger than either of us. <laughs> he called him. He goes, Wow, the stewardesses. And I go, What? It was this, like Pan Am? Whatever. Starks. Flight attendants, Chris. They called flight come attendants. Fly away, like, come fly away. Well, come fly away with me. Come fly with me. <laughs> Let's take a bird. Yeah. So, um,. <laughs> what but madman what's he watching uh,
2: mad Men all day well no hey honey sweetheart can you bring me another coffee over here Put a little splash of bourbon in there what right. exactly this is
1: yeah but Pan <laughs> am days that's what i said but but there was a time when flying was actually like when you get because we flew a lot and we would get uh freak we would get first class upgrades um yes. so you could and they weren't hard to get first class seats because there was you know, it wasn't like today where, and I don't mean today and during the COVID era, but, there, you know, where every seat is sold. You know, these airlines right. have it down to a science where they're, they're only got so many planes and they're filling them all up. It doesn't matter what plane you're on. They're all full. You're never going to get a row to yourself. You're never even going to get the middle seat empty, right, um, in the pre-COVID days. But but there, there came a time where you could get first-class upgrades. And so flying in first class, you know, with free drinks and better dinner and all that, when they actually served dinner on real China, it was, I mean, it's, it's totally real different. silverware, right? yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and then, of course, 911 changed a lot of that. But um, but in, in general, you're right. The time, getting up in the morning, packing, whatever you have to do the day before, the day of, um, you know, leaving so much earlier to, to get flights that are, are are reasonably priced, which means, you know, you may not have to be in a city until – Anytime Saturday for an NFL game, but you're leaving at six thirty in the morning, you know, to save money. Um, So all of that until you put the key in the door, you're exactly right. Like everything stinks about it, right? Although
2: I'm sure every like most of the people listening to this podcast is like, like, you know what, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, and anybody
1: would, and we did, and 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 it's not, it's it's you're right. It sounds like complaining. We're not. We were blessed, and that's really what I'm getting to. Is that. Um, so you didn't like you didn't like the the mechanics of flying. And, I didn't like I, like everything
2: like going through. Yeah, go, I don't yeah. mind flying. Like I don't have a fear of flying, but I mean no, no, just no. the the pain of getting there. But once there, right, it's great.
1: It's great, and I think everybody look whoever has to fly. Maybe you enjoy looking out the window and seeing the clouds and all that. and It's an amazing uh, feat. And there's the old you know comedian you know whoever does the the thing about how people complain the wireless is down. Right, you realize you're in a canister. Flying 600 miles an hour through the 20, sky at
2: 15,000 feet above. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Are we asking for a little too much to have wireless? <laughs> like
2: on, the, on the internet side. Why well, can't my, my movie can't get in? Are you kidding
1: me? Right. Okay, let
2: me ask you, Rick. And I don't know if you were heading this way or not, just because yeah, yeah. I think people are interested in this. uh NFL. You covered the NFL for a long time. Best and worst road trips in oh, the NFL.
1: Wow. And, See, I'll, and I'll and I'll me. do
2: ho- and I'll do hockey ones.
1: I'll tell you why that's tough for me because for me it's about cities, you know what I mean? Because that's been what I mean. St- yeah, that's what I'm I, talking I, about. I right. know I've been all the si- I've been all the stadiums, but I think most people would say, well, duh, that's a nice city. Um, maybe in no particular order, but uh, I was always a big I love Chicago, and I met my wife right. there. Sure. So I, I love Chicago. Still love Chicago. Um, just because it, it, you know, it's Midwestern values and just uh, amazing oh, yeah. places to eat and shop, Michigan Avenue, all that. Okay, so there's that. Uh, San Francisco. My my sister lived there for ten years. I became an and an uncle that I had out there. I adore San. Francisco. I couldn't afford to live there, but I absolutely loved going there. You know, no, nothing better than, you know, walking, you know, going Union Square down to Pier Thirty Nine and then taking the bridge to Sausalito and spending a day over there. Um, that's a good trip. Seattle, of course, is an amazing city, depending on when you go, yep. if it's not raining all day and you can get down to the fish market and all of that. And I mean, but like the underrated one that I think would surprise people just because it's so unique is Green Bay. Yeah. it's You know, pretty Gre- cool. Green Bay with Lambeau Field, um, back in the day and they've, they've refurbished a bit of that. Um, but we would always stay in a little town about 30 minutes away called Appleton, Wisconsin, which is the home of Rocky Blyer. Somebody you're familiar right. with. And it is like a postcard, and it is also I think about 1972 there right now. Um, <laughs> when I when I covered when the Bucks were in the NFC North, uh, it was probably about 1950. But it's it's uh, it, it's just where time stood still, and it's it's got a Main Street, and it's called Main Street, and they have a little college right by uh, this convention center. The convention center is in Appleton, Wisconsin, outside of Green Bay. And it's a hotel and a convention center that you stay at. All the visiting teams stay there because it's like the largest hotel with the most ballrooms where they can have their meetings and their meals and things like that. Um, but right outside on Main Street is eating establishments. That one uh, Italian restaurant I took you guys to where yep. you order something and you start to eat and it feels as if they're, the plate is actually adding food as you're eating it. You can't figure <laughs> out. There's like a bottomless plate of pasta. Um, and uh, and and I think maybe Rocky Blair had a steakhouse there. But there was a you little and I college. We went to a
2: breakfast play there, too. A we
1: did. Yeah, that was that outstanding, was really by the way. Yeah. And there was a little college there called Lawrence College. It's like an NAIA school. And I can remember in the fall, seriously, I mean, this was you take a little stroll, you know, a little, and the leaves are turning if it's not too cold. Um, and you're out there and, and, and you got all the bright colors. And it's in this little bowl. And you go down and you sit in the stands and you watch this little college play uh, NAIA football or whatever. And they, they're halftime. The teams go into the end zones because they're not going back into a locker room. Yeah, yeah. And they're selling candy apples in the state. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's sort sure,
2: of it's like you're looking around for Norman just, Rockwell. It's like yeah, it, it's a yeah.
1: Rockwell painting. It's like that's what Green Bay was. Every and the people were Wisconsin. Hey, you know, hey, where are you from? There, way hey, there, and they'd all buy you drinks, um, and it didn't cost any money because it was you know Wisconsin. But it was an amazing. It's a unique, unique experience if you get a chance to go to Lambeau Field. And Lambeau, of course, is just tremendous. That was
2: great. One of my favorite road stories, and since we're talking about road stories, was in the tr- tr- trip that I made. One trip to Green Bay it was with you, mm-hmm. and we were up there, and we went out on Saturday night. Yep. And we went to uh, and we went to a bar, and we had dinner. We had a nice dinner at that Italian place, you
1: Victorious, I believe it was yep. called. Yeah.
2: And then we went to uh, this bar to watch. Well, I think Wisconsin was playing that night. And I, I don't know if it was the Big Ten championship game. <laughs> I think game it or, was a
1: Big Ten championship game. So yeah. we're
2: watching. Yeah, they, they didn't have a quarterback, and the guy couldn't, you know. And so right. everybody, everybody in the place was like ticked off. They're bummed, Wisconsin, yeah, because they're all Wisconsin. They using, fans, I think they lost to yeah. Ohio State, I want to say.
1: Yeah, I think Ohio State pummeled them, as a matter of fact,
2: yeah. Right. So uh, so at some point, it's third <laughs> quarter, fourth quarter. We're gonna, and we're I decided, can't believe okay, you're
1: telling the story no, on my podcast. It's, it's a good story. It's yep. not
2: that R. It's it's not R-rated. It's PG-13 for sure. Okay. Um, but at some point, I have to go to the bathroom. And so it's this little barn. It's a little bathroom. And I go in and they have like, it's one of those ones they have like basically one urinal. Right. And then they have like a, a toilet behind a door and everything. Sure. Well, somebody's in the toilet part of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm using the urinal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a guy's behind me in line waiting. And he's right. had a couple, more than a couple. <laughs> and he goes, hey. What's going on? As I'm going.
1: <laughs> like so, okay, up the first conversation. off. Don't talk
2: to me, man while I'm Yeah, it's
1: to not right? if you don't know me especially. Like it may right. be now. if, if you're you,
2: next to me and there's like yeah. okay, maybe maybe yeah. you could like right. talk about the game. A crazy game or so, you know something like that. Right. Right. But no, like if you're behind me in line, don't talk to me. This is bathroom etiquette we're talking here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then at some point he like I feel I like over my right shoulder, I feel him, like moving in. <laughs> And I'm like, what the? And he says, uh, hey, can I get in there with you? And I was what? like, what? Get in I, there. And I understand, like, he had to really had to go. I mean, yeah. I think that's what it was. He just had to, he really had to go to Yeah, he, he did. He goes, can I get in there with you? And I said, no. <laughs> and he looked at me, he's like, no, excuse me. Like, like, no, I'm the jerk for not yeah. letting him in.
1: Right. You're boosted. So then I, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I got my own. You're going to have to find your own urinal, buddy.
2: It's like somebody asked me. It's like, hey, can I have one of your fries? Like, no. <laughs> like, what? No. So I I finish up. I wash my hands. And the guy's looking at me the whole time. And I came out. I, t- I think the first thing I told him, is like, hey, now we're about to have a flight, just so you know. <laughs> And you you're did. like, over what? Yeah, I like <laughs> like you, You're
1: in a fight on the way to the bathroom, and we're all rooting for Wisconsin <laughs> He's here. He's
2: like, we're in Wisconsin. What do you mean you're getting a fight Wisconsin? And you you would have been mm. useless in a fight because you were laughing so hard at my story. Right?
1: <laughs> well, the story seemed rather unbelievable. But guy, it did, I can, when you pointed out the guy, I realized yeah. he had had a couple. <laughs> yeah. He had had more than a couple. couple of pitchers, perhaps.
2: Uh, so I was like, let's get out of here. So we had to leave.
1: So those are. Yeah.
2: So, okay, like, do you, do you have a.
1: There's also in Appleton. I think I took you to this because um, because this was in Appleton at the bar you mentioned, I believe. I think it, did I take you to the Christmas bar there? Yes, I think I did. Yeah, that's a that's a good one too. Year round, Christmas stuff. So it's worst cool.
2: uh, worst NFL road trip.
1: <sighs> worst NFL road trip. I got
2: one. I got one. And it, it's not to insult the people. I know you're going to kick
1: the crap out of New Orleans, aren't you? No, I actually. No? New Orleans
2: is okay. It's not my I favorite place. Yeah, like The, food. yeah, I like the, the food. food's tremendous. No, the food alone saves that trip. And look, yeah. I've, I I got no problem with once a year at Bourbon Street.
1: Which one do um, you dislike? Carolina, Charlotte. Really, I love Charlotte.
2: Well, it's just like it just is really low key. It's just boy, it's just like boring to me. Really? And I, and that's not a bad thing. There are good people there. Yeah. and I'm sure it's. I have nice had some really good times in Charlotte.
1: But it's some that's wild. Sort of, times. It's sort of like
2: yeah. the usual. Let's go out and we'll get a decent dinner and then have a couple of beers and then go to bed, which is probably good to have and so yeah. to cleanse the palate for the next trip to New Orleans or wherever.
1: Yeah, going. exactly. No, I, I never had a problem with Charlotte. I, I In fact, this, you know, there are a few places where we travel and you go, wow, could I live here? Charlotte's one of those places. And there's a lot of Floridians up there, as a matter of fact. Was that the place where somebody told us you're not Top Gun? Was, uh, or is that Buffalo? That was Buffalo. That was Buffalo. That What'd they you told think? you. By they the way, what, that. they told me you're not Top Gun. I don't yeah, that was why. some
2: rooftop bar we were in Toronto. I don't so, know why
1: they thought we were talking about Top some Gun. Some girl
2: came up to. Uh, we were waiting to order a beer, and she came up and she looked at you, like mm. you had done something wrong, and you and you said hi, just to be polite. And she's like, right. "You're not Top Gun."
1: I don't know where we got on the conversation, I Maverick. I said, "Over." <laughs> I don't know what you mean. There's goose. And, and there's. <laughs> you never close that's your right. eyes. Exactly. When you started playing the piano, <laughs> i said.
2: I said that we took our shirts off and went and played volleyball. It was crazy. <laughs> that's
1: it was crazy. right. It was awesome. I so I did all that. Um, okay, and, so
2: NHL be, best trip Vancouver. I, I would put. Oh
1: yeah, beautiful. That's, I've never been great. there. I heard. Yeah,
2: no, there. it's 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 uh, very similar to Seattle, except
1: Toronto's nice too. I've never Toronto's been. there.
2: Toronto's great. Montreal's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. underrated Calgary very underrated Calgary I've been to Calgary mm-hmm. yeah it's Denver it's basically Denver yeah yeah the, in the
1: northern Rockies, Rockies yeah
2: right um and like Rockies. if you go up to Lake Louisiana that's great worst road there. trip I hate to say it uh mm-hmm. Steve's gonna jump me here Detroit Cincinnati uh, Detroit. or Detroit
1: yeah, I got no problem yeah with that. yeah yeah you know what? If you go, if you know where to go in the greater Metro Detroit now, downtown Detroit, I, I'll, I'll give you that. I am not. There is not a whole lot going on. I was in, never. You know, now, Field. part of it was Joe. Have you, but have I, didn't, to, I hated
2: Joe Lucerine to cover a game. It might be great for fans, but press box wise and all that, it was yeah. a miserable trip.
1: Well, Ford Field is like you know, you're eight stories high, so it's not much better. But um, so that, from an emotional standpoint, it wasn't that great. Um, although, have you been to uh, you know? I mean, there is a great some great suburbs in uh Detroit area, like Birmingham, for example. Wonderful yeah,
2: place. I mean, I haven't spent, I mean, most of my trips there have been, because do- Joe Lewis was downtown. Yeah, you so always stayed downtown. I went from 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 Joe Lewis to Greektown. You know, there's right. a really good restaurant in Greektown and oh, cool Irish now. bar. But that's, easy now.
1: Ann Arbor is a
0: suburb now of Detroit.
1: That's true. That's true. And I've been to Ann Arbor and loved it. It mm-hmm. was years ago, though. I saw Florida State play Michigan up there with Deion Sanders. I was at that game. And I don't mean. I number them. one versus number three. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't mean to bust on Detroit. I mean, I'm from Pittsburgh, so a lot of people who may go to Pittsburgh and feel the exact same way. And hey, you know what's funny? Like growing up, or, or uh, growing up, Pittsburgh was great. I loved living in Pittsburgh. But uh, road trip wise, it's just an okay trip because yeah, a, a lot, of, like, there's not a lot to do downtown at night. At least there didn't used to be. It's like you, you had to spread out a little bit. Yeah. But. Because I was from there, I always had, I knew where to go and had things to do. Uh, and for a while there, like Long Island wasn't a great trip. I, I'd go back and forth on Long Island. You know, I'm good cause. for
1: two days in, in New York. However I get there, if I'm staying in Jersey and take the Lincoln Tunnel, that's fine. If I'm downtown, <laughs> that's fine too. After two days, i got to get out. I, it, New York overwhelms me. And your son yeah. lives there, and I don't know I, don't I love know New York. I'd live there if I could, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I it's, it's, I feel small. I just feel, I feel insignificant, Tom. There's so many people. That it just reminds it me it's of a, how yeah. how I'm a dot. Okay, so now internationally, you you did mention you covered hockey, so we'll give we'll give a couple international trips here, and then and then I'll tell you my greatest, probably the greatest trip I've ever had, just from a oh my god how did I get here standpoint. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll have those moments. Oh, okay, so, so you so you went you went to Russia. I mean I can't Russia. imagine. Can't imagine what that was like.
2: So this was during the lockout season after the Lightning had won the Stanley Cup. Remember the next season they they lost the whole next season because of a lockout. And then Vinny LeCavier and Brad Richards yeah. and Nikolai Hobby Bowen all went to a team and then called Akbars in Kazan, Russia, which is about an hour and a half flight from Moscow. Which
1: sounds like a made up movie place, doesn't it? I know. It's,
2: and it's really like like Genghis Khan lived there, I think, at one point. I mean the city was like a thousand years literally a thousand years old. They were celebrating right. their thousandth anniversary when when we were there but right. Dirk Shad photographer for the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Times a lot of people know Dirk um see him at games and he and I go to Russia to visit uh video again do a story on video Cavier. Brad Richards had gotten hurt he, he ended up coming home so we fly to Moscow you know takes like a you know half a day to get to Moscow we get to Moscow and then um the next day, flights, right? spent yeah a couple of flights like from here to New York, and then New York to Moscow, and then spent the night in Moscow, and then the next day flew f- went to fly to Kazan. So we get on this plane, kind of a prop plane, and it doesn't look very safe. Like it looked like an old <laughs> army plane
1: or something. like Yeah, because it was.
2: <laughs> so we you and we don't understand any of the. Any of the you don't speak Russian, so yeah, you're just assuming that they're up. saying
1: "fasten your seatbelt and put your, your yeah, tray table up." You know exactly. Yeah.
2: So we fly; it's an hour and a half. We know it's an hour and a half flight to Kazan. So we fly; it's about an hour and a half. We land, and Dirk and I look at each other and high five, like we made it. And it actually, the day be, like the day before, we had our flight had been canceled to New York, so we are, it took forever to get there, and we had finally gotten to Kazan. And we're celebrating, and a guy sitting next to me goes, uh, "Who's Russian?" They make this big announcement in Russian, which we don't know what it is they're saying. And the guy looks at us. He goes, uh, "Hey, by the way, we know in Kazan." I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, we know. Make it to Kazan. We're back in Moscow." Oh my god! We're back in Moscow. What do you mean? (laughs) He's like, uh, "They say uh, too much wind. We uh, turn around. We came back to
1: Moscow."
2: (laughs) So I we didn't. I So we we actually landed back. In Moscow, oh and the flight gosh. got delayed about eight hours. So
1: <gasps> you weren't on the plane eight hours, were you?
2: No, no, no. They they let us off in the airport. Went to Sabaros at the Mos- went to the Moscow Sabaros. Well, that's not all that bad. No. So then go to get back on the plane. Well, they won't let me back on the plane. They say my ticket's no good now. No, I'm, what no, you never actually yeah. got the ticket. So me and this other this woman they wouldn't let us on. So this guy speaks to. the in Russian to the to the agent, and talks us on to the plane. We're the last like five people to try to get on the plane. As we're going out to the plane, they take us on this like shuttle, and we're thanking this guy for getting us on. Thank you so much. We never would have been able to get on without uh, without you. He breaks out Russian vodka. He goes, oh, now we drink, celebrate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah.
2: So we pass around this bottle. We all it's take a shot from movie. this bottle, and this your is, life a, is a movie. Yeah. This was, I think. Uh, it was either Russian vodka or pure kerosene, man. But whatever it was, it like burned it was through moonshine. my. Moon but it shine. was great. It was hot, like it was like, whoo! And, and
1: that man was Tom Hanks, and he lived <laughs> in an airport. <laughs>
2: exactly. But we end up, we <laughs> finally got to Kazan, and uh, and covered the story, and and went uh, and did a story on Vinilacavia, which was which was good. So
1: what did what did you what was your takeaway from from like the Russian people or the or the society? Like I. I would think it was so different than in the US, is it? No.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, well, like when you're in Moscow, it wasn't all that different. I mean, Moscow's, you know, pretty metropolitan Boston city. city you know? yeah. yeah, and it was I mean, it had they had like a TGI Fridays there, you know. Yeah. But um but Kazan was a little out of the way, you know, and it was Country, a little right? more traditional traditional Russian, but the people were very friendly. I found them to be very friendly. They were very um yeah it was great and uh, and the hockey was great and the arena was cool and and it was like funny it was like it was so weird this was 2005 and Dirk and I would laugh and like look they got cheerleaders at hockey games like oh listen to the music they played during the game it's like all the stuff that we do now you know in, yeah. in the United States and then in Canada interesting but uh but it was uh it was um that was one yeah it was one of my it's one of my favorite trips ever um to, to go over and,
1: and I can't imagine that. And yeah, it was uh, great. I can't imagine, can't imagine we went first and foremost. I but, know that's yeah. back in the well, we spent
2: money. no money on hockey travel that year because well, that's true. The entire season was canceled, yeah.
1: So and, there's that. Um, the only international trip I'm uh, well, I've been to London three times, so I can't say. And I got stories about all those. Um, the last one, not so good when I took my kids and they both got sick, but um. <laughs> Uh, after the Bucks won the Super Bowl, this was an interesting one for me because I would another I would have never on my own chosen to go this here for whatever reason. I didn't have the curiosity that I probably should have. But remember, the Bucks won the Super Bowl, and then the next year they did this what's called the American Bowl series. It's a preseason game, and so the Super Bowl champions frequently would play the first pre. It was like an extra preseason game. You know, you had a Hall of Fame game sometimes, or right. you'd have the what they called the American Bowl, which is now Basically, you know, teams going to London and Mexico City and playing to regular season games. But that's how it got started. So they had an American Bowl game in Tokyo, Japan. And it was uh, at the Tokyo Dome where I think the Giants may have played, like the uh, the Tokyo Giants baseball yeah, yeah. team. So it was a big. So first of all, it was uh, there was no non-stops. I mean, I basically flew to Houston. And then I want to say it was like 14 hours from there. It was an ungodly amount of time. It took like 20-something hours to get there all told, right? So I'm equipped with, you know, Tylenol PM and <laughs> pretty much pretty much anything that I can knock myself out in. But the, the hardest thing about going over there is that you cross the international date line. And if you want to talk about screwing up not knowing what time it was, basically I, I was awake 20 hours a day, because I could never figure out which day I was in. And I swear to you that like back home, um, you'd be going to bed and you'd wake up and somebody else was coming home from work, and then you would stay awake until they were waking up the next day. Like it was Ugh. crazy. Yeah, yeah. And the deadline was in our favor. But this Super Bowl team, if you remember, there was a lot of characters on it, including Keyshawn Johnson and Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice. And I follow these guys all over the place. But the interesting thing about uh, the Japanese culture was you land in Tokyo, which is a huge city, right? This airport's one of the busiest in the world. And the first thing you notice is no one's, it's quiet. They're very quiet people. Like it it doesn't, you're almost like eerily so that you're kind of like, what's going on, you know? But... Every thousands of people there, but everybody's just going about their business without without being the noisy, right, um, Westerners. Um, and then, you know, they have certain rules and, and, and sort of etiquette. Um, like you wouldn't think of of eating in public, you know, like on the street or yeah, throwing yeah, right. a wrapper down. It's very clean. It's an unbelievably clean city. Um, if you go to like a McDonald's, say, for example, and you've got a Coke, they're going to put it in a bag. When you see vending machines, their the drinks are only like about four ounces, so that you'll stand there and drink them without carrying them around. Yeah, right, right. And throw them away right away. Um, but it was interesting, and 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 these guys. Um, I ended up going to a sushi place with Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice, and I wrote this column uh, called "Sapp Sushi and Rice," which I thought was a good headline. Actually, it's yeah. a good good line in the story. They bit, stole it for that line, but um, but like Warren had like. Two huge bowls of can only be described as like an aquarium full of fish with rice. They these were these are pretty sizable bowls. And like with sushi you're not supposed to eat a ton of it, I guess. Like it's you know, it's prepared, it's in the preparation, it's in the you know, the various things. And and Simeon was so freaked out he wouldn't eat anything. Like he's like, nah, man, I'm good and he just sat there and watched us eat. Um, but watching watching Sap, you know, go through those was was a lot of fun and then I think I went uh, looking for a shoe. I think they had a banquet that night and Keyshawn Johnson was with uh, Chris Sims who was a rookie that year and Sims didn't bring any dress shoes. So he was like, ah, oh, I got to have dress shoes. Well, it turns out if you wear anything over a size nine in Japan, it's very hard to find because they're not really large people, you know, and Chris right. Sims is six foot five or six foot four. And he was looking for like a size 13 shoe. So we walked all over the place in downtown Japan. Couldn't find one. Um, but that was one of those, and then on the way back, so I, uh, you remember, uh, I think it was Tony Sandys was our photographer at that time?
2: Yeah, I remember her, Was it yeah. Tony?
1: So we went way out in the countryside to try to find, I wanted to find my wife, Valerie, a, um, a kimono, an, an original Japanese kimono. Yeah. And it was Continental Airlines, not to slam them, but, so I, we, it took us two trains, and she was reading, you know, the, the, interpreting the Japanese language and the English translator, all that. So we took two trains out of the countryside, got the kimono, came back. I put it in the above, uh, you know, uh, the storage above the seat. And wouldn't you know, after 22 hours flying back from, you know, through Houston again to Tampa, I walked off that plane and I remembered as soon as I got to the exit, right? But it was too late. I I said, hey, I I left my kimono. I'm in row, you know, 21C. It's right above there. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. Now, I know it's there because I went to the countryside to get this damn thing and it's in a box. Literally, I stood there, watched everyone come off the plane. They told me they didn't have it. And to this day I'm trying to figure out like who would take my kimono. Right,
2: it's on eBay box. right
1: now. It's on eBay. And if I ever find the thing, and I suspected it was terrible of me. I suspected maybe the flight the flight crew or something like that, but but perhaps not. So that that was but not how as much. Good I'm like, as how as much your your that cost? Co-?
2: Can I do you remember how much it cost or anything?
1: What to fly? No, to the Japan? kimono. Oh, it wasn't the it wasn't the expense. I mean I I don't know what the like what the dollar versus the yen was at that time but yeah. it it, was, it wasn't insignificant it was probably a couple hundred bucks
2: oh, wow. it wasn't so, it was yeah.
1: just that when am i going back to japan
2: right to get original. you know what i'm saying i got an authentic
1: yeah. kimono from the countryside right this thing was beautiful and and i never got it back so now has there has there been a place cuz i i'll wrap up my version of this. has there been a place where you have been that you said how did i get here like a historical place a any place that you Really didn't expect to see or saw that struck you as wow this is really something.
2: Well, I mean, we when you travel around you get to see things that you never thought you would and that I never would have seen like all these things. So you know we've been to places sure, like the Rock, the Rocky Mountains, or the Golden Gate Bridge, or absolutely Manhattan yeah. Beach, or you know all these things. The most, the one thing that probably stands out for me, Rick, and it's not, it's it's like not actually a great thing. It's not a good thing at all. Uh, I was in New York. About a month after nine eleven, or oh, you were yeah, maybe two months after nine eleven, and so actually, the weird thing was I was actually in New York City. I flew out on Sunday, September the ninth. I flew from out of New York back to Minnesota. I had been in New York that weekend, and on um,
1: Tuesday is when nine one one occurred. Is,
2: yeah, but um, I was there with the I was covering the Minnesota Wild mm-hmm. um, then, and so we probably made a trip there in I want to say late October early November and and so we went down we couldn't get super close but we got close enough to ground could, zero to ground zero where you could and they, and the crews were still cleaning up and Rick to this day I can remember the smell it was just a really yeah it was just a um
1: like an acrid type yeah dusty thing
2: yeah it was part dust part who knows what you know but it was not a well, was, a lot,
1: a lot of people died inhaling that yeah, stuff. As it turns it, out,
2: exactly. Um, but I remember, so I, I remember standing there not long after uh, that happened, and and thinking like, wow, this is, this is a moment I, I'll never forget. And it's funny, like when you asked the question, it didn't immediately come to mind until I, until you mm-hmm. asked the question, and then. But I, I just to to tell one quick story before, and then you can wrap mm-hmm. up with yours. I'm talking about writing a story about the Bucks. And so I. I The lightning went to Austria for training camp one year, and for ten days. And did you go? Yeah, yeah, we went. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, yeah, they they went. They spent like uh like five or six days in a place called Feldkirch, which was like this little mountain town. And then they went to Innsbruck for a couple of days. Um, so we fly to Austria, and we stayed in this really cool like uh, hotel, and it was and right across the street. It was like a little village. It was just beautiful. I could I could live there. It was awesome. Yeah. And I I remember going there. It was just like this little Seven Eleven type of place, like a convenience store. And I went in, and, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, and I was, I'm a I don't drink coffee all that often, but I do drink um, soda. I drink a lot of soda. And at the time, so I said to the guy, I says, "Hey, do you have like a, I'm looking for like um, like a cola." and the guys like and he speak, he spoke a little bit of english and i he said what i go America like american cola he goes oh yeah right there in the in the cooler mm-hmm. so i go over to the cooler and i open it i'm looking like i'm looking for like a dr pepper or pepsi or something. yeah basically and he goes no no right there right there to the right right there and i and i and the can says american cola it actually said Literally? on the on the thing american wow cola. so i drank it and it tasted a little bit like like you ever go to, like what did Win Dixie or something used to have like check Czech, Czech cola, cola. yeah absolutely it's like, so it's, it's kind of a generic a bit, cola you know, yeah and it's RC and it, cola right although not as good as RC <laughs> but but I got used to it I'm like all right so every That's, day I would I mean every day I would go in there usually in the morning
1: yeah. and then
2: after and then once in the evening I'd go in there and I'd get an American cola delicious so, same guy there every day so the last day I go in there. He says, uh, and he knew my story that I was, you know, there just visiting. American. And he says, Oh, you're coming for your final American cola, huh? And I go, Yeah. I said, Boy, I, I miss, you know, I can't wait to get back home and get my type Coca-Cola. of cola. And he goes, oh, Like yeah. what? I go, Like I drink uh, Dr. Pepper. It's a, it's a thing called Dr. Pepper. He goes, Oh, yeah. I'll go to the other side. Uh, come, no. <laughs> i go to the other side, and they got Mountain no, they Dew, didn't. Coke, <laughs> Dr. Pepper. <laughs> like every type of cola that's you can imagine and i said <laughs> you had this here the you whole time knew this and he so goes you had a American cola he goes you asked me for american cola I, there's american cola right
1: that is great but but that that, is,
2: evil, that was the story i was going to tell the the one so i'm funny. over there and i'm like 3 days into this trip and it was a sunday and i'm like you know what i'm going to write a story on and this is back this would have been 1998 mm-hmm. or 99 so the okay. Bucks were just starting to get good, right? The Bucks right.
1: were good in '97, yeah.
2: So they had a they were playing Green Bay. And this would have been September, so mm-hmm. one of their first games of the year, I think they were playing right,
1: Green Bay. right.
2: And it was a big game, and I, I thought I'm going to write a story a bit about being halfway around. This is late again, late '90s, so where you don't have you know.
1: It's... You'd be watching this game late at night over there. So right? I'm like,
2: can I find this game anywhere in Austria? This yeah. Bucks game. So I go to this bar, and I'm like, they, sh- they say they show NFL games. They show, like, one game a week, and they show the right. one game mm-hmm. So I go to another bar, and the guy goes, no, we get the games on VCR sent to us, oh, and wow. we show them, like, five days later. Mm. So I write this, like, re- what I thought was a really funny story about going trying all over this the little game. town of Feldkirk, Austria, trying to find a Bucs game, and I can't find it. It ends with me not being able to find it. So I filed the story, and Austria's way ahead, in, you know, six hours ahead or whatever. So I filed the story. I'm getting ready to go to bed, and uh, and I turn on the TV, and I'm flipping around, and all of a sudden, swear to God, <laughs> hello, everybody, Dick Stockton coming to you live from Raymond James <laughs> Stadium in Tampa, Florida, where t- and it's on TV. It was just on my TV. and th- It wasn't even like Raymond James was Tampa State Road. Yeah, right. And so the, the, I, I the had December. to add, like, a line to the story, like, actually... I found it. That was so the kicker. My yeah, that was so
1: wow, cool. that's great. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith,
2: co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
1: all right, so uh, for a guy from uh, Robinson Drive North in uh, beautiful Tyrone area of Saint Petersburg, uh, <laughs> I I never would have imagined where well, you're not far from. As a matter of fact, right now, yeah, I I never would have imagined that I would find myself where I where I stood where my feet were, and to this day, and I somewhere there are photographs of this. I hope I come across at one point. Um, so we had a strength coach named Markasanovich. I think he went on to Jacksonville after that. I don't know if he's still in the league right now. He could be, and I'm just missing it. But, um, if you remember back in the, uh, sort of the creatine days, remember when creatine was all yes. the thing, right? In sports. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think Mark McGuire, in fact, was taking something similar to that, but, but, but it wasn't illegal. It wasn't steroids. It was creatine and you could get seriously jacked up. Although it came with a lot of dangers, which were one being dehydration. It could seriously screw up your kidney functions and, you had to drink just like an ocean of water when you took this stuff. But it would make you larger and, um, and build, I guess, what was muscle, although it looked like you were inflated. But be that as it may, um, a lot of football players during this time were doing creatine. And so as the story goes, the Bucks had a game, a preseason game, in, in Washington, D.C., And, of course, they played over in Landover, Maryland at the time. But we would always kind of stay, you know, in the greater D.C. area or whatever. And it was a night game, uh, probably on a Saturday. And uh, there had been a story in Sports Illustrated. Now, one of the players that took it, and not afraid to tell you, was was Mike Allstott. I mean, Mike was, you know, a big guy. And he was, this one particular offseason, you know, him and other players were we're taking creatine. And he was getting bigger and 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 you know all, all muscled up and stuff. But there was a story in SI about the dangers of it. And Mark Asanovich story, yeah. Mark Asanovic, who was the Buck Strength coach, because of stock having used it, uh, was quoted uh, in the story. And Asanovich's take, uh, just to summarize, was basically, yeah, well, you know, guys use it, but to be honest with you, uh, the jury's still kind of out. There's, you know, it's it's a it, you know can really dehydrate you, severe dehydration and you know, in our sport, that's a problem, and, um, you know, you have to take a lot of water with it, and so it's really not, you know, and and so he was quoted in this SI story. Well, it turns out that the head of the Secret Service for the White House happened to be a guy that was a bodybuilder. He had, he lifted a lot of weights, and he read Sports Illustrated. So he saw on the schedule where the Bucks were headed to Washington, D.C., and he saw where Asanovich was quoted, so what the hell, you know, they got lots of lines in the White House, so he called... The box, and he got Asanovich in his training room and he started talking to him just like a dude, right? Like, hey, you know, it turns out his name, I think, I want to say he might be on TV now these days. It was, I think it was Jack Wackrow. I think, I think maybe he's uh, sometimes on CNN or whatever. Anyway, he was the head of the Secret Service for the White House for many years under many different, uh, you know, administrations. At the time, Bill Clinton was in office and it was his second term. And um, he was about to be impeached, or had been, or whatever. Right. So, um, what what this gentleman says to Mark is that when you go, when you guys come to Washington, uh, if you'd like a tour of the White House, you know, I'd be happy to, you know, show you around. And they're like, Mark was like, "Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome, right?" Turns out, for whatever reason, I heard about it, and there were only a few of us that were on this van um it was one or two players and i guess they they told some guys they were going but not that many were the most interest and um it was rich mckay i want to say all was one that did go and of course Asanovich. only a few of us and somehow tom i got on that van because i heard about it i go i'd love to go i've never been to the white house that would be right. amazing and the white house has tours as you know but they're of the east wing for the most part right right no one gets to go to the west wing that's that's the president's that's the oval office that's the situation room all of that that you hear about uh and no one goes there right unless you're getting a tour by the head of the secret service for the white house and so we went all through the white house i mean the kitchen like they showed us where there's still like burn marks from when it caught on fire and how dolly madison saved george washington's picture and all of that stuff right so they're taking us all through here, and we go to the China Room, which you might recall from some of the movies, right? Um, wow. Uh, all of that. Uh, and it, it's just incredible. Each each president had their own set of China that, you know, that they keep copies of in this room. Really impressive. So then he goes, hey, would you like to see the Oval? No. What are you supposed to say to that? So he gets on his little, you know headset speaker and, and Clinton is at, I think Camp David. He's not been come back yet. Um, and he goes, if we go right now, we'll have some time. We'll be able to get in there. And I'm thinking this isn't happening.
2: This is crazy.
1: So you know, the, the path and you, if you've watched the West wing or any of that, you know, the path and you've seen the president walk where the Rose garden is packed back there where the columns are. Yep. So we walked the same very steps, you know, that, many presidents have taken. Now, at this point, I'm shaking because I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this, this is the, the most powerful building, you know, sure. where the president lives. and then, Famous,
2: most famous residents in the United States. Right,
1: exactly. So he takes, us, he takes us in the West Wing and past the office where, like, Rosemary Wood would have sat years ago. Uh, and, and then before you get to the Oval Office, basically it's the – they call it the Roosevelt Room. It's like the Situation Room, I suppose. I could be getting this wrong if I am. I'm sorry for all you Washington insiders. But there's a there's a big room with a large long table um outside the oval. Uh and they call it the Roosevelt Room because Roosevelt had won the um uh the Nobel Peace Prize. Um and it sits on a mantle uh above uh either a fireplace or something like that. And then there's these large kind of doors, you know, giant thick steel things. And we walked into the Oval Office. And I'm telling you, Tom, I mean, you know, for a kid from St. Petersburg, Florida to find himself, and there was the Resolute desk that, you know, you saw the old pictures of, like, John John, John coming John's, out of it. Kennedy you know, sitting underneath it, yeah. Right, Kennedy underneath it. And um, we we sat there where the heads of state would sit and take pictures and walk behind the desk. And, and I mean, it was, it was incredible. Like, I, I would never expect you know, to find myself. And it was just a fluke, you know, that, yeah. uh, that, the, that we were able to go in there that, that day. And I don't have any punchline to this. Yeah, there's no, nothing. There's There's nothing funny about it. But, you know, for, for two guys, I mean, here you are, I went to Japan, you've been all over the world. And I went to Japan, you went to Russia and, and Germany and all these different places. I mean, it's just it's amazing that, um, you know, we've been fortunate enough to do that sort of thing.
2: No, it's. I had never been that. I've been to the White House outside. I've never been inside the White House. and I remember standing outside the press gate one time. Mm-hmm. There was there with Tim Buckley. Remember, he used to work right. This yeah, I was with the Tribune. Tim Buckley was covering for the Times. And right. all of a sudden, Helen Thomas. Remember Helen Thomas? Oh yeah, asked the first question. Famous every time. UPI reporter mm-hmm. came walking. She came walking out, walking about a hundred miles an hour, and Tim's like, "Hey, Miss Thomas," and she looked up and she goes, "How you doing, boys?" And just. <laughs> She She's about some, four foot nine. She right? had She's somewhere really to tiny. be, somewhere to yeah. go. But she, how you doing, boys? How
1: you doing, boys? We're <laughs> so proud of <laughs> you. Back in the Washington.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, Thomas.
2: that's wild. To be in the Oval Office, that's amazing.
1: Amazing. Yeah. So that's that's our stories of uh, of of. Uh, I had a similar White House
0: story. know It wasn't quite the same, but this was 2005, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm with the traveling with the Atlanta Braves, and one of the people we worked with. On the Braves radio network, his brother was a Secret Service agent. Perfect. So he hooked us up with one of the head guys at, at the White House. So we got a mm-hmm. private tour. And it nice. was Chip Carey. It was Joe Simpson and myself.
1: <laughs> what a and crew! So Chip Gary.
0: We're 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 getting a tour of some of the rooms, and you know, it's, uh, you know, ornate and beautiful. And they said we can't go any further down this hallway now because the president's in, in, in you know in the building he's today. A, he's in mm-hmm. you know he's he's in the room next door in a meeting, whatever else. We're like, oh, no problem. You know, he's telling us, and all of a sudden you hear, all right, let's eat. And we're like, that was W. And the meeting ended, and he was like, let's go eat. And you could hear him through through the wall. We're like, that was the president.
1: Wow. You You're know? really close.
0: Yeah. So so then we we're, we're, we go further on the tour, and we go downstairs, and, and the president was getting set to go on Marine One to go off somewhere that day. And they said, do you want to stand on the rope line? Well, he comes, when he goes out, you know, exits the building and heads to the helicopter. You'll like, yeah, see him
1: wave at him, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He says, you know, sometimes he'll stop and shake hands, but most of the time he doesn't, but... Oh no, we we definitely want to be there. So we're going around. There's a few other tours going on, and, and the guy we're with is like, yeah, we're not going to wait in line here. Follow me. Takes the keys out, opens the door, and we go right through the rose garden. We're like, this nice. is surreal. It is so we're surreal we're the we first ones through. on the rope line. So it's you know we're standing right there at the the first corner there. And, right. You know we we're at there. I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is. And finally, the president comes out and he walks out and he looks over. You know, waves as he does, and he looks back and then he he gives it a second glance back and you know he's a big baseball fan
1: yeah well the the obviously the texas rangers he was part owner yeah. at one point was he yeah.
0: i swear he looked over and went i know those people and i can't tell what meaning chip carey and joe simpson <laughs> yeah, yeah i, I yeah. mean that right. look he gave the second look back was like i know, I know them you. but i don't know i don't know where i know them from right now it was one you know it was one of those you know he just gave the wave but then whoa wait a minute but he didn't end up stopping but it was really cool to yeah. see the helicopter take off right there on the lawn and so that was my White House tour. I didn't well, get in the Oval because he was in the building. But
1: so the has, most, uh, the one most one of the baseball guys, <laughs> the, uh, in Espanol.
0: <laughs>
2: so I don't have a White House room, but I, I the most famous room I was ever in, where I saw famous people. I go to, uh, I was with covering the Minnesota Wild, and the PR guy said, "Hey, I can get us for opening." This was in April, so the, like the Wild season was winding up. He's like, "I can get us tickets to." What, what's the name of the Giants? The San Francisco Giants. AT and T.
0: Yeah, it's AT and T. it was, and no, it's AT Yeah, Bell.
2: yeah, yeah. So it was their. I think it was their second season there. And they said, mm-hmm. "We can get. I can get you. I can get opening day tickets. Do you guys want to go?" So it was like three or four of us. We're like, yeah, "Yeah, absolutely. You're kidding? Yeah." So we got these passes, and all of a sudden I realized we got press passes. We can go into the, to the clubhouse before the game. So we go into the clubhouse before. There's a million people in there. Barry Bonds has this has like three lockers and mm-hmm.
1: a, a and lazy a, chair. Lazy and a boy. lazy boy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: With an like an Xbox at or whatever it was at the time, whatever the the most updated video game was. Nobody's talking to him. And I turn and I hear like uh I hear a familiar voice. I turn around and there's Berman, Chris Berman. Uh. He's, <laughs> he's wearing a San Francisco and uh a San Francisco uh Giants like windbreaker, type jacket, thing, yeah. jacket, or whatever. And then I hear, and all of a sudden, I hear Berman. And he's like, Ah, Huey, how are you? And I turn around, and there's Huey Lewis. It's standing there. <laughs> so now I'm, and all of a sudden, I look over, and like, there, everybody's and now you to know a, the news. <laughs> so, so Berman's talking, Huey Lewis is there. You were the
1: news at the as it and I'm me. just
2: watching this whole thing, and all these people, and all I, I look over, <laughs> and Barry Bonds goes, Y'all need to get on the f on out of here, <laughs> <laughs> and the place just whoop, cleared out as fast as can be.
1: And eight, Huey Lewis wrote, "I need a new drug." Like, yeah, uh, I want a new. I want a new drug. You know what's funny? Like Huey Lewis, as you know, had the sports album in like 1984 or something yeah. like that. And it became one of the big, and I, I was, you know, that was about the time MTV was getting really good, you know, yeah. with all the videos and he had like videos, a, you yeah. know, heart and soul and all those. <laughs> um, and so like w- my friend and I were, were big Huey Lewis fans. Turns out like now I know Huey Lewis. Like it's you the know. weird, through the 49 the 49 I know time, him. Yeah. Like through the 40, my wife talks to him on the phone all the time. It's the weird, <laughs> like she didn't appreciate it. I'm like, you're talking to Huey Lewis. <laughs> and so, well, see, you know, that's had the way the i had him Ranch to get. And, when I when
2: what's is when uh, when I lived in Minnesota and I got to know Herb Brooks pretty well, and right and Olympic like, coach who would have thought like I was in do high you school believe and, in
1: miracles yeah yes. I was
2: in a, and, and and I remember just back when we had landlines you know and the phone would ring at my house and be <laughs> like and my landlines. wife would pick up the phone she's like hello she's like yeah hold on who's it? oh hey Herb yeah <laughs> pretty good no not a not a kids have a game next weekend no yeah and she'd be talking she would talked to Herb Brooks for like five minutes. And then she's like looking at me like, can you rescue me here? I'm like, you're talking to her, Brooks? You're Uncle talking Jesus. to her, Brooks?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the way it was with Huey. I mean, if you want to drop names. Okay, biggest name. Uh, I was, was at a Super Bowl party back when they used to let the writers go and the players would go to the same Super Bowl party as the owners. And all of a sudden we're in Minnesota. This was the Minnesota Super Bowl, as a matter of fact, years ago. Not the last one, but way before that. Uh, and the room just parts. And you see sort of a couple people walking and everybody's just Making room. And at this time, he was reclusive because he wasn't in great shape. Muhammad Ali. Wow. The champion right there with Parkinson's. But nonetheless, on stage. And, and every every athlete in that place just went, and then that night I had beers with Troy Aikman for some weird thing. He wasn't like <laughs> quite the star that he was supposed to be, but like all these Dallas writers were there. We ended up buying beers for Troy Aikman. I mean, there's these, there's these moments, right, where you're just like, how the hell? I remember you know?
2: being at an All-Star game in Toronto and uh we went to Gretzkys uh, it was like they were had a media party at Gretzkys great lobby, guy restaurant. unbelievable
1: guy well and so we're nicest superstar ever we're by sitting
2: the way. there and i'm at a table with like six guys from you know a bunch of guys from toronto like writers a mm-hmm. mm-hmm. guy from calgary and gretzky comes over and he's talking and he's talking to everybody at the table and he's we're talking about the league and i'm just sitting listening and i'm not saying anything and these guys all know Gretzky, but he starts telling, he starts talking about the league, and he goes, "Look, the you know some of the things we need to start doing is we need to start selling the sport like to some other." He goes, "Like, look, you know, you're in Tampa. Like, these are the, like the." Th-. What? And I'm like, oh, he 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 do knew, he up knew you.
1: <laughs> no, we <he> didn't. You <laughs> I was like, made "That's
2: that up. it. I'm out. I'm done. I'm retiring right now." Was, you you
1: know. made that up, right?
2: No, that's a true story. How would you I don't know, know you if he knew been? my name, but he knew I was from Tampa.
1: Oh. You're the Tampa guy. Yeah. So I was, I was
0: producing a Braves okay. game, uh, mm-hmm. same season, 2005. This is the fourth or fifth inning, whatever. Skip, Carey, uh, and Pete Van Weren on the call. And middle of an inning, you know, play, plays going on. And this guy, Wayne, walks Wayne, in, Wayne. guy walks in and comes up, starts tapping Skip and Pete on the shoulder. And I'm like, I jumped down, going, Excuse me, sir. It's President Jimmy Carter. I almost oh, kicked Jesus. him out of the booth. <laughs> it's like, oh, the only sorry, president, Mr. President. I, <laughs> well, the only don't worry. You wouldn't have shook. kicked him
1: out because that Secret Service would have kicked you out before yeah. you did.
2: The only president I ever shook hands with, Jimmy Carter.
1: Yeah, same here. Really?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Although I didn't get to meet him quite like you did. Yeah, well. <laughs> I was in a crowd right? I, I assume I shook his – I put my hand out and somebody shook my hand. I assume it was Carter. It might have been like another guy <laughs> looking to shake Jimmy Carter saying we shook hands with each other.
1: That's true. Um, so Wayne Gretzky, uh, the remember the Atlanta Super Bowl that got ice stormed in where no one could yes. go anywhere? And they were sliding all over. Well, we got basically landlocked inside the the media hotel, uh, which was like a Hilton or something downtown in Atlanta. And so there were some star. I mean, you know, there was like actual people that wanted to watch the Super Bowl from different places. And Gretzky was there. It was the weirdest coupling, it was him and Tom Arnold. Remember Tom Arnold, Roseanne Barr's Roseanne's husband? Husband, yeah, yeah. And literally, like he is the nicest guy. Like for a superstar. Now this is Jordan, right? I mean, this is you know, the greatest player of all time, the great one, Um, and had time for pictures and autographs for like three days. Yeah. Like people just kept coming at him, and he never turned anybody away. So that was cool. That and getting on an elevator at uh, Soldier Field with Vince Vaughn.
2: That's pretty good.
1: You know, for the wedding crashers, uh, you know. Rule number 70, never leave a wedding crasher behind. (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) We're not going to talk. Well, Tom, this has been fun, man. Uh yeah, trip we can down, do about uh, seven of these episodes. Trip down mis- misery lane, as they as they would call it. Yeah. But I, I I hope we get to go on the road. Maybe not together, but I hope that uh, I hope they allow us to cover games again this year in this COVID. Well, I'm coming period. with.
2: You got next time. You, I'm coming with.
1: You should come with. You should just tell Patty for once. I'm just going to go and just be just hang that night. Just, I have to work uh, or anything. I can do that, yeah. Or maybe we can meet Katie Kirk and you can uh, you know interview her or something like you combine the, or the, the yeah. jobs or something. Exactly. Yeah. Something like that. So that'd be great. All right. Well, thanks again. And, uh, Hey man, we'll talk to you. Uh, talk to you soon. All right. Stay safe, everybody. lot of fun stories with Tom Jones, been around the world with him a few times and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed some of those tales. Uh, hope you guys also have a very safe, fun and socially distance 4th of July weekend. Be careful out there. Wear a mask when you can and uh, don't eat too much. And we'll see you back here on Monday. We're here every Monday through Friday for Sports Day Tampa Bay. For Steve Ersnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everyone.